Hello, everybody. Welcome to another great show with the Four Guys Roundtable Show. It's me. <laughs> Stop with the voice. I'm doing it because I feel like it. it's it's me, Theo, a.k.a. Joe, or backwards, Joe, a.k.a. Theo. That's how I roll today. As you can see, I'm excited. I got baseball Cubs stuff on. Baseball's coming back. And Darth Pat, you look so you, – you have this beautiful look on your face. I'm trying to figure out how to uh, – to uh, hmm. come up with a good expression. You, you made him laugh. I'll get you made him you. laugh, Theo. Good job. That's right. I'm uh, doing this shit. We he smiled. AG, we have AG Nitro with us, and then we have J- J- Jeremy, Coach Jeremy. <laughs> I, I still want to do like the whole, you know, never mind. I'll go back to that later. It's, it's fine. It's my great intros here. Yes, baseball's back. We'll be talking about a little bit about that as we uh, get rolling here a little later on but uh other than that how you guys been doing since our last podcast uh it's wonderful it's uh the fourth of july as we record this uh so yeah i was up on a roof all day today uh doing some shingling and not my own house so that's fine no it was terrible i was being sarcastic I, i i'm i'm back in my own place not helping my parents move, and the adult sippy cup is back home. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. But, yeah, it was a nice short day, short work week, because I only had a four-day work week, and Pat's got a beer. <laughs> Pat, who's your, who's your beer by today? Guinness Baltimore Blonde. Our oh. unofficial sponsor. It looks yes. like it says <laughs> Blow. So today's unofficial sponsor, thanks to... There Star we go. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Is going it's to be the Baltimore Blonde by I hope Guinness. She's treating you right. <laughs> I was introduced to that in Baltimore, believe it or not. <laughs> no. Was that a pun? Supposed to be a pun? Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore. Never mind. Go for no, it. there, there was, there was no pun there. It was just when I was on a uh, weekend trip two years ago with uh, you know, my friends who I met through the one, uh, well now defunct Yankees blog that we all frequented. So. It was our second uh, Baltimore weekend that we did. We were supposed to do one in St. Louis in two weeks, but, oh, shucks, a pandemic hit. <laughs> St. Louis sucks anyway, but keep going. Well, it was, let me, it let was me more, get our unofficial sponsor about, in here. It, it, was more about the unique, it was more about the unique opportunity of going out to St. Louis so, seeing, and seeing Yankees Cardinals. So. Boring cool. city. Go ahead, Jeremy. You had a you had an unofficial sponsor. You wanted to throw up yes. there? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, since we're since we're kind of doing this little trend of unofficial sponsors, we might as well keep it going with uh, Pat's <laughs> beer of choice today. With Guinness's Baltimore Blonde will be the unofficial sponsor of our podcast today. Thank you, Guinness, for your evidently delicious beer, and I will have to try one myself one day. So that's, that's our unofficial sponsor announcement. <laughs> You're gonna tell a story, Jer- Jeremy. Well, should we bust into stories? Let's. You guys want to go into stories? Sure. I'm ready for sure. a story. So since it's... we're on the topic of baseball, we might as well share some baseball stories. And I've got two good ones. I'll give you guys one, and then I'll let you guys have have your take uh, chance to tell one. And I'll give you another one then a little bit later. But my first story, um, back when my wife and I were still dating, um, we got – tickets to go see a Phillies game I couldn't tell you who they played um, because that wasn't important just going to a game was nice but this is probably the last time we were to a baseball game besides like the local um, 
you know, Iron Pigs, which is the farm team for the Phillies. So we go and we're having a good time and we're on the, the first baseline, right where the first baseline and the outfield come together, outfield wall come together. We're like right in that corner. So we're like in really good foul ball range. Like that's a really good spot. And I was pretty excited. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get a foul ball. That would be pretty cool. Of course, I did not. Um, but the fun thing that happened and not so fun thing that happened is as the day came, kept getting later and later, the shade came over half of my face. So I'm sitting there unaware and did not put any sunscreen on. And as the shade came in, half my face was shaded and half my face was not. So by the end of the day, um, yeah, I had half a sunburned face. I was very worried because I f- was afraid that I was going to get tan on that side and then be half half white, half tan and look all kinds of messed up like I have some kind of weird disease. Like Two-Face. <laughs> yes, like Two-Face. So, I mean, you could yeah. just wore like the getup, like Two Face rocking into work, and be like, "Hey, <laughs> had finagle in some way, guys." So, um, welcome. You're gonna flip this coin here, and you you get the either if it's heads, you get the asshole, and if you get tails, you get nice guy. <laughs> there only the game was good at least. There's permanently one side of the coin for me, I think. So, <laughs> but at least Here's the game was you. good. And the Phillies did win that day. To say that. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Both sides, if you could go that route, both sides are going to say that. Fair good. enough. Get the asshole right now. Get the asshole. Right now. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> the, so, yeah. uh, the, the mistake you made, of course, Jeremy, was that, um, I mean, I'm just assuming it was the summer month when you went. Yes. Yeah, it was like July. <laughs> yeah, if, if you go to a baseball game anytime between, well, really, if you go to a baseball game between, I, I'll just say May and September, and you're not wearing sunscreen, even if it's not a, a sunny, necessarily a sunny day, you're just asking for trouble. You know, well, yeah, I, I have a tendency to forget about sunscreen. Luckily, <laughs> my wife, as good as she is, she remembers it. So now, even if I do forget, she's like, did you put your sunscreen on? I'm like, no, I didn't. Thank you. Let me put some on. I put sunscreen on anywhere but my face. <laughs> that's, that's my problem. Then, then, then she's posting comments to Facebook and Instagram saying, "I married an idiot." <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not that bad. <laughs> Luckily, when I was doing the roofing today, I sprayed my whole entire dome. I had put sunscreen <laughs> on my face, put it on my arms, but I still found one place to get it, and that was where my shirt evidently, when I was moving. <laughs> Like it got on the back of my arm, shoulder area. I'm like, son of a, son of a bitch. Like, come on. Like, take all the precautions and I still get burnt. But, uh, so who's got geez. a story? Who wants to tell the story about the three, the other three, me, Theo, and Dark Go Cat for it, AJ. You can going do it. Let's start it off. With so the, the college th- boy jabronis. The, yes. Oh well, I, I can, I'll tell some of it, but because the, the jabronis were more Joe's kind of people. I'll let Joe finish that part of it because it was almost s- similar to a previous story we talked about at WrestleMania. So, oh, yeah. um, so me, Theo, and Darth Pat, we went to a Yankees game. They played the White Sox, and we sat in the bleachers. I, I'm pretty sure the seats were like twelve bucks. They were dirt cheap, um, and we got to see we got. We got to see Mariano get his 400 save that day. Nice. So that was cool. And, and 
A-Rod and Jeter hit home runs in the same inning that day also. But when me and Joe go places together, we find the drunk people. So that that, that seems to be a, a theme warning with me and Theo. We've been to two WrestleManias and dealt with drunk people in a baseball game and dealt with drunk people. So they were Yankees fans that were clueless. So they thought, they thought the White Sox played in Wrigley Field. <laughs> Yo, your White Sox baseball team sucks. Why would you put Ivy on the walls? That's so stupid. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck do you moron jabronis get your education from? It's just, I, I just couldn't grasp the concept. And I, I wanted to argue with them, and I was kind of like, no, no, fuck it. They're drunk. They're stupid. Don't, don't leave it sooner or later. I just want to watch this fucking baseball game. <laughs> they, they, they were very much the stereotypical, uh, like what other teams' fan bases think about Yankees fans. That's what they pretty much were. It's embarrassing to be a fan of the Yankees and have to deal with those people there. It's embarrassing as a Yankees fan to deal with. I'm sure it happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was embarrassing to be there. I, they were like annoying me and Darth Pat probably as much as they were annoying Theo. So it was that bad that they were annoying all of us. Uh, Loudmouth, obnoxious drunks. I don't care what yeah. shape, size. You know, they, they come in what fandom they are. I mean, that's just I can do without people like that very much. So and I, I will I will tell Jeremy, um, back then my well, back then of course my hair was longer, way longer, and I had a ponytail then. And yes, I did not wear any sunscreen on my face. So my forehead was uh beat red the next day. It was it was, it was pretty pretty humid that day, right, Darth Pat? Oh yes, that was that was one of those days and, and this was uh this was back in 2006, so this was old Yankee Stadium, uh, and you know we weren't quite in, you know, like what you would call like left field because like left field at Yankee Stadium, you know, is notorious for being, you know, uh, especially like in the early to mid afternoon, uh, just killer. If uh, you know you have to, if it was like there's no clouds and you have to look up in the sun. Like my dad and I went to a game in 2008. And saw Xavier Nady just completely lose a fly ball in the outfield and left field. And I couldn't blame him because I couldn't see where the damn ball went either. I mean, that's what it's like. But even like that day, it was a very hot day. I think it was pretty much like around like 90 degrees or so. Uh, it was, sun was beating down the whole day. It's one of those days where between every half inning, you know, they're on the PA system, you know, reminding you to stay hydrated, letting you know like where like. Uh, like guest services are in case you're you're feeling bad, you know, you're feeling like dehydrated or anything like that. So very, very brutal day to have you sitting on the bleachers watching a game. Nothing compounded just a tad when you're listening to a bunch of goddamn idiot drunks. So <laughs> that's that's the only time I've ever like sat in bleachers in a baseball game. So it was really strange for me then. I remember that you only could go to like three snap. There was like a, it was just, you could only go to certain snack bars. Just like there was, it was all attached just to, if you had the bleacher seats, that was strange. It makes sense, but it was still strange to me that day. I was like, wow, we can only go to this part of the stadium. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those guys were legit bleacher bums. Old Yankees, old Yankee stadium was like that where you have, if you're, if you're in like a certain section of the bleachers, there's only a certain section of the stadium, you know, that you could, it was that you could get to. So just, just the way the stadium was built, the way the stadium was configured. I don't know if it's like, if it's exactly like that now, I don't believe it is to that extent, Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, back then it was very much because again, you're talking about a stadium that was originally built in the 1920s. Um, accessibility was not terrific. That th- that was my favorite game I've been to because we were we were sitting right by the dugout, so we got to watch Mariano warm up, and he's my favorite Yankees player, so we got to like watch him warm up and everything. So that was like my favorite game I, I ever went to a Yankees game, at least for sure. I went to a I Yankees. Shout, I, I shouted down to him when I went up to get a drink, and I'm pretty sure he looked up and heard me. So that was kind of cool. Like Mariana Rivera looked at me. I <laughs> he acknowledged me. I went. I went it's to a like Yankee at face of God. I went to a Yankees playoff game once, and they didn't win. But that was like the atmosphere in that place was nuts. Like I, I can't even explain the atmosphere in that place for that game. Like I, I, it's not comparable to anything I've ever experienced before. Like I said, they didn't win, but just being there for that was really cool. So. Well, I mean, like you said, that game was fun because yeah, we got to see like a milestone event, Jeter and A-Rod homering the same inning. I remember Melky Cabrera threw somebody out at home plate uh later on in the game so there was a there was a lot of uh there's a lot of cool stuff that happened that day and one very uncool thing of course with the city of drunks so what what stadiums have you been to pat i've been to old yankee stadium and new yankee stadium i've been to shea stadium uh which you know it was fun to go there just to have the experience of going there uh that was a game where i got to see mike piazza hit two home runs and ray ordonio's made a couple of his uh you know, trademark fabulous defensive plays, uh, but it's not not a very attractive stadium at all. So it's probably for the best that it's gone now. And I've been to Camden Yards a couple times. Camden Yards is really really great stadium. Uh, I've sat in several different places there now, and there's there's really not a bad seat um, at Camden Yards. Uh, there are some places where you know you will lose you know sight, but that happens in every stadium uh, for the most part. But really really nice stadium. Uh, and a far cry from Yankee Stadium in the sense of what they do and don't let you bring in. They'll let you bring in food from outside places oh, to Camden Yards. And the funny thing was, um, the first time we were there, um, you know, one of my uh, friends who had been to Camden Yards multiple times in the past, you know, he and his wife, like, went and, the, like, they, like, met us at the gate, and they're like, you know, okay, this is where we're all sitting. We're gonna go get food. We'll be, we'll, we'll come back and meet you. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we're gonna go over to this place that's like four blocks away and get some sandwiches. I'm like, wait, you can bring them into this stadium? They're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> uh, just the the the, the, con, the, the, the concept uh, was just uh, completely foreign to me to think that you could actually like bring food items into a uh, into a baseball stadium like that. But yeah, they let they let you do it. So it was. It was this guy is interesting, but um, that's a stadium where if you can get to, I definitely highly recommend it because, again, it's just very, very, you know, good atmosphere. Um, it's an enjoyable experience. And uh, uh, being that uh, in my family, we've always been uh, big John Denver fans, uh, even though John Denver has been, you know, dead for sadly uh, right. way too many years now. They still do the playing of uh, like right after they play Take Me Out to the Ball Game and during the seventh inning stretch. They do still play John Denver's Thank God I'm a Country Boy, which has become like a tradition down there. And it's a lot of fun just to see everybody dancing around, clapping and singing that song still after all these years. So um, yeah. so that's, you know, that's a cool thing. You know, that's unique to 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 that stadium. So um, cool. definitely a place you can go. Uh, I would recommend going if you can. What about you, Theo? What stadiums have you been to? Theo, there's something wrong with your audio, man. 
What about you, or Jeremy? <laughs> okay, well, Theo fixes his audio. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we can't hear you yet. Um, I have only been to Citizens Bank Park, Veterans Stadium, and then also been to Yankee Stadium. So I, I, I had kind of a not. I didn't actually have the same experience you guys had when you guys went to Yankee Stadium and sat in the bleachers. I did sit in the bleachers, which was pretty cool. But um, for like, I went with Yankees apparel on because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to show up with Phillies because the Yankees are not playing the Phillies and I don't like the Baltimore Orioles. So why the hell would I wear that? So I just threw on some Yankees gear and it was really just a hat. I just, I bought a quick hat from champs when we used to work at champs sporting goods so many years ago. Um, so I guess they kind of placed me as one of their own, so to say, maybe. And then, uh, so I'm in there. I was supposed to have another person with us. Oh, I think your audio's back there, Theo. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, we can hear you now. All right. I have no idea what the fuck happened, but okay, whatever. <laughs> it's fixed. Fucking electronics. Audio technical difficulties. Piece so, of shit. I was supposed to have somebody with me because it was me, my brother, uh, my brother, and our good friend, and the fourth person didn't show up. So I went to the bleachers by myself. Those two sat up right behind home, played about 200 level. So I'm I'm in the bleachers, and these guys welcome me. Oh yeah, come sit by us, you know, because I know Pat didn't mention Darth. Pat didn't mention this, but they are literally like high school bleachers. Like I think they were metal (laughs) bleachers. Uh, They're kind of crazy. Not comfortable. Uh, uh, well, well, which Yankee Stadium was this? Uh, old Yankee old Stadium. Old. They might have been. There's a chance it might have been wood. Yeah. Either way, they were legit ass bleachers. Um, but they're, you know, they're, you know, welcome me in. I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool, and I had a really good time. Um, and they weren't dickheads to anybody. They were kind of maybe a little cruel, you could say, because there was a guy that was there that had Boston apparel on for some reason, considering Boston wasn't even playing the Yankees with Baltimore. So the YMCA came on, and instead of doing the YMCA, they were pointing at him and going, why are you gay? So, <laughs> oh, my God. Which, which was not the nicest thing, but the guy had, you know, he evidently had a good sense of humor because he was just laughing and soaking it up. He knew something, somebody would say something to him because of the, you know, having Boston gear on. So he was a good sport about it. And they, and they only did it that one time. It was just during the YMCA. They didn't pick on him the whole entire time or anything like that. So... You know, my experience is definitely a lot better, but, um, you know, it is one of those things. Drunk people are everywhere. <laughs> Theo, now now you can... What, in Philadelphia. ...by wearing Boston stuff into Yankee Stadium. But, you know, hopefully, you know, we're, we're past the point where we're using the word gay as a, uh, you know, as like a, a, you know, a put down. Hopefully, I just kind of help her maybe at that point, but I don't know. I just wanted to butter real quick before we got to Theo. I forgot I have been to Citizens Bank Park as well. It was, it was 15 years ago now, and it was a work-related thing, so I just kind of totally forgot mm. that I'd been there. But I did like <laughs> Citizens Bank from the uh, from the time I was there too. Theo, so where have you where have you been? Great improvement over the vet. So <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, uh, crap. See, Pat just fucked me up. I was all ready to go, and he kept talking. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> so let me start. <laughs> I've been to both New York stadiums, old and new. Um, been to both Philly stadiums, old and new. Uh, been to Camden Yards, like Pat said. It is a nice stadium. Um, I had fun down there. Um, been to Pittsburgh, uh, PNC Park. That is a nice baseball stadium as well. So I've uh, heard. Actually. 
it is nice. Uh, and um, Wrigley. And yeah, I think that's it. Those are the only ones I've been to so far. And I've I've been to old Yankee Stadium. I've been to uh, old Detroit Stadium, which was a dump. <laughs> and it's throw in the fact that it's in this arguably the scariest city in the United States. So it's a dump in the middle of Detroit. So. I went to see A-Rod and, and Griffey when they played for the Mariners. That's why I went. I wanted to see them. Okay. Um, I've been to Fenway, which I also think is a dump. Um, <laughs> all I did was watch the score for the Yankees game when I was at that game. My friend Mickey came to see me, and he's a Red Sox fan when I lived up there. So I was like, I'll go there once. And all I really remember is he was like, before the game, he was like, down with all the kids trying to get Manny Ramirez's autograph. And I like, I like went down by him and flipped Manny Ramirez off. That's what, that's what I remember. So I don't, Mickey was with all the five and 10 year old kids trying to get Manny Ramirez's. I think there was one other adult down there. He's like, look, I'm going to go down there. I'm like, look, I'm going to show Manny who's number one. So, (laughs) and I've been to both shitholes in Cleveland. I've been to Jacobs Field and I've been to the Mistake by the Lake and Municipal Stadium is the biggest shithole I've ever been in. Period. Like stadium, <laughs> period. I went to Indians game and a Clowns game there. That place was an absolute shithole. So like. So AJ, the, tell us how you really feel about the Cleveland stadiums. <laughs> He's not pulled back. Me and me and me and Darth Pat really did really didn't like it that one year when all the mosquitoes. <laughs> Midges. <laughs> whatever flew flew to Jacobs field from the, from the mistake by the lake, essentially. And Jabba couldn't pitch all of a sudden. The weirdest <laughs> damn funny. thing I've ever seen in a baseball field. That bullshit. There's a, don't you have another story, Jeremy? Yeah, I did have another story that I wanted to share with you since we're, you know, we're talking fun baseball stories. Um, my wife and I took, uh, my daughter and my nephew down to see the Phillies one time. And that was, it was a lot of fun. Like we had gotten tickets from a Mets fan that couldn't go. <laughs> and right there should have told you something about how that that, that night was going to go. Like a Mets fucked. fans giving up his tickets. It was the, the Phillies playing the Mets. So there was a ton of Mets fans there because it's a quick drive from New York down to Philly to see a game. So it's an easy travel for them. But, you know, the tra- the trip down, you know, was a lot of fun because um, my nephew and daughter, I think they were like nine or ten somewhere in there, maybe a, maybe 11, I think. But uh, so we drive down and, you know, we get down there and we're like, OK, where are our seats? And like, holy crap, they're against the fence in the outfield, like couldn't get any further back without falling out of the stadium. And this is at Citizens Bank Park, and we are surrounded by Mets fans because all the Mets fans got all the cheap tickets um, to sell out Citizens Bank Park that day. Um, And, of course, the Phillies just – they got their ass kicked that day. Like it was an ass whooping of a a game. So every cheer is like, ah! All the Mets fans are cheering and up in their face. I'm like, oh, my God, like this couldn't be the worst game to come to. Right now, I was like, good thing. I mean, my, they had a great time. So that made the, the enjoyment of the game more 
it made enjoying the game easier, even though the Phillies were getting their ass kicked. But it would have been nice to go and see the Phillies at least have a close game, you know, even if they lost, at least put up a fight, which they absolutely did not. But, you know, so, yeah, if it wouldn't have been for kids, I I, I probably would have screamed at some Met fans to shut up and sit the hell down. <laughs> Maybe tell them to go back to New York or something like that. <laughs> you know, the kids are there, so you got to you gotta hold your tongue some and just enjoy the time. My parents, my parents, my parents came one time and went to a game, a Yankees game where they were playing the Indians. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a close. The Yankees won. Like Matsui hit a walk off in like the tenth inning, and that was really cool to be there for. Like I had never seen somebody hit like a walk off home run before, so like that mm-hmm. was really cool to experience. Get to experience that too. So nice, very cool. Does anybody have any else other stories that they want to share, or should we jump right into the podcast? They're probably bad stories, and they're all about Philly shit fans. Sorry. Oh, yeah, let's not. We don't need to. We already see. Here's the one thing you guys will learn from me and all our listeners and stuff that my friends already know that Pat, Theo, and AJ know is I may be a Phillies and Eagles, Flyers. I might be a homer, but I at least am respectable to other fans and other teams. Like, the only fans that I don't like are Cowboys fans, and that's because <laughs> I just don't understand how you guys can root and just keep on holding on to the 1980s like they're the <laughs> like, oh, we want it back. You're like, yeah, you did, but it's been like freaking what 30 years now. Get you know, it, you ain't doing anything anymore. But anyways, um, so I am not like most homers in the fact that I don't pick on other people unless it's in a fun way, and then they can pick on me. So you know. Theo had some very bad yeah, experiences ha- with some Philadelphia Phillies and probably Eagles times. fans and stuff like that. Because Phillies fans, Flyers fans, <laughs> Sixers fans. Like, I've never been to an Eagles game because I refuse. My friend, who, uh, my, one of my best friends, his dad gets um, season tickets, used to get season tickets to Eagles games. And the Bears played the Eagles one year. And I was like, he was like, oh, my dad can get us an extra ticket. I was like, no, fuck you. I'm not going with you. <laughs> oh, you can just go. Just don't wear a bear gear. I was like, why the hell good, do I want to go to a game? Good call. Like, no. I'm like, no way. I went to a Sixers game. Someone told me I was going to get jumped because I was wearing a Jordan jersey. Um, then I went to, that was the beginning of the season. And the Bulls played the Sixers towards the end. I went with one of my other friends. And, like, we were up in, like, the nosebleed section, right? Which, whatever. It was still, you know, um, it was Derrick Rose's uh, rookie season. So it was a good game. I think we lost by, like, four. But, like, these little kids, like, 10, 11-year-olds are like, yeah, why don't you go get the fuck out of here and take that douchebag shit off you have on? And I'm like, and I'm like, you just said fuck you to me and take my douchebag shit off, you little 10-year-old little pricks. I was like, okay, okay. And my friend... My friend's like, stop arguing with the kids. And then, like, those kids' older brothers start arguing with him, like, oh, fuck you, motherfuckers. I'm like, see this shit? Six rings. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, the, like, let's go, big... let's go. I had, listen, I'm like, oh, hold on, I got more. Just, just so, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt for just a second. And see, the, the problem is, is with a lot of Philadelphia fans, is they, a lot of them become very, very bitter because we don't win very often. And so they want to take every frustration out that they can on everybody else and put everybody down. No matter how many times they won, like the Bulls winning six rings, you can't say anything to them. You're telling them they're, you know, they got crappy, you got crappy apparel on or whatever. You have no argument. So, 
And that's why I can banter and have fun with people. But when it comes down to it, the Phil- the Eagles have one Super Bowl. <laughs> one. The Sixers, I think, have two championships that... Long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, the Phillies have two one. that I can think of. Because they have one in the 2000s and one back in the 80s. And the Flyers are back in the 80s, too. So um, there's not a whole lot to cheer for. But you... You roll with it just like any other fans, and you just accept that fact instead of being bitter about it. <laughs> That's why it's worse here because they're more bitter here because they haven't won. They won one. That's it. <laughs> in my lifetime. Period. It just sucks. Like me, me, uh, me, and my dad. We were at Old Vet Stadium, and uh, we're walking around the the circular thing to go down. And I think like the Phillies beat the Cubs like five to three or some shit like that. And I had um, I had one of my Sandberg jerseys on. And I had some slushies. Someone threw slushies at me and my dad, like going on there. Nasty shit that just like I kind of just lost it at that point. So like, it's like I had a drink. I threw my shit back up there. I, it was like one of those things. It was a reaction thing. I'm like, you know, you're not gonna fucking disrespect me and throw shit at me and my father. So what? I threw the shit right back. And I was like, unfortunately, I don't know if I hit anybody else, but. I hit one of the guys that threw the shit at us. Like, and then security <laughs> came and stuff. It was like, okay, like, let's calm down. But like, no, it's just, it's just every time I've gone down there, I've, I've probably been to between Phillies games, Flyers, and um, Sixers, the Sixers games. I've probably been to like 18, 19 games, and I've probably had three times where I've had a half decent experience. All the other times have been shit shows. And I mean, I guess that's on me for keep going down there, but I just love sports and want to go fucking see my teams play. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, what do you do? You want to go to a live event instead of watching the shit on TV, but then you go there and you, you go to a, you know, um, a city where the fans act like, like total douchebags, you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a flip of a coin. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's the, I think it's when you go to one of those, when you go to any situation like that, when it's verbal heckling, that's fine. As soon as it crosses over into anything past verbal, then there's a problem. Like if you, yeah. if you, if you, if I go to Fenway with Yankee stuff on, I'm going to get heckled. But as soon as it turns, like when, when it goes past there, that's when there's a problem. Like you're going to get heckled. You, you know, that's coming. But anytime it goes past there, then there's a problem. Just like so. one time, um, like when me and, um, before me and my wife got married, it was me and my wife, well, one of my best friends, and um, his wife, before they got married, we went down to a Phillies game. And I have um, a Sandberg jersey, but it's a black one. It's black with, like, gray lettering and white. It's like one, I guess it was like one of those fashion jerseys or whatever to come up with. So I had these guys behind me heckling me, oh, you're wearing the wrong jersey. Why would you get a Sandberg jersey and a White Sox uniform? And I'm just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> and he kept going for the whole game. And I'm just like, my friend's looking at me. He's like, just ignore him. I was like, I am. But I'm just kind of like, and when I got up to get like beer the one time, he goes, oh, oh, you think you're cool because it says Cubs on the front now? You think you're cool because you got a black jersey on? I just looked at him, gave him the finger, and kept walking. <laughs> I was just like, he goes, oh, that's how it's going to be? And I'm like, motherfucker, you've been heckling me for six fucking innings. Like, I haven't said shit. I just gave you the finger. Shut the fuck up. Just random stupid shit like that. Just uh, it's just try to go to game. You want to heckle, that's fine. But yeah, if I've had some shit thrown at me multiple times, and that's the shit where I've kind of like, mm-hmm. they've, I put them as the shittiest fans on my list of first sports experiences, unfortunately. Yeah, they get that a lot. 
<laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, public so, service announcement time. Yes, well, yes. We are getting to a public service service announcement, and we are going to get into our podcast here in just a minute. So our public service announcement, if you're watching this on <laughs> YouTube right now, please make sure you give us a like, uh, sign up, and uh, make sure you subscribe, turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, if you're watching on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, or Twitter, make sure you give us a rating. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our channels there. That way you can get the audio version and don't have to necessarily always wait for the video version to drop because uh, that one does usually come out a little bit later in on Mondays. So let's jump into our podcast. we got a couple things that we do want to talk about. As Joe had mentioned in the beginning is we want to talk some MLB. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the roster size, uh, how many games they're actually going to play, um, the DH and how that's going to affect the National League this year. Um, and also maybe a little bit about what we feel will be possibly a better pitcher rotation maybe five maybe six maybe it'll be four who knows um and then joe's got a little surprise that you guys got to stay tuned for so i don't want to ruin that for him so joe pat since you are our baseball experts take it away gentlemen who wants to go first (laughs) (laughs) all right so here we go here we go so we so first off i mean they did testing the last couple days and I think I was at 3,100, 3,200 players. I think only 31 players tested positive. So that's good. I think that number's gone up today. <laughs> Did it go up today? I didn't see today's results. Well, I've, let's see. I've seen. Uh, I, saw Le, I saw LeMahieu has it. Salvador Perez of the Royals, Miguel Sano of the Twins, DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees few other players here and there i've seen today have been mentioned have tested positive um it's gone up but it's uh yeah i mean that's that that's one thing they're facing but i i think that's that's kind of uh maybe put push that to the end of it i i think the the more important thing to kind of discuss is that it looks like and i can't stress this enough to say looks like we're going to have some kind of a baseball season this year. Uh, the way it's going to work now, technically the two sides, meaning the, you know, baseball, which means the owners and, you know, the players association, which obviously means the players, technically they didn't come to any sort of actual agreement on how this season was going to work. Those are all kind of things we're going to kind of table to discuss at a future time because it's a little dense, unfortunately. Push comes to shove, I mean, like, or long story short, rather, I mean, the, the two sides basically don't trust each other at all right now with uh, the way they're negotiating, with the way they're claiming things. So what baseball decided to end up doing was just implementing a schedule, which is supposedly going to be 60 games. Now, I say supposedly because they haven't actually released a schedule yet as of today. There's a rumor that it's coming this week. Monday. Which, I think it's yeah, Monday. Which you would hope, considering that they're shooting for the 23rd of, of this month, as being like their opening day and everything. So mm-hmm. that's the main thing. We're going to get a 60 game schedule, which, you know, again is, you know, a little more than a third of a season. Uh, and there are going to be some changes about that. The most significant of which, like we've said, is the universal DH. Um, that's was something that was supposed to be in like the agreement they were working on that never happened, but it's still being implemented because it's, uh, they dressed it up as a quote player safety issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the exact 
way they did that. I don't really think it's that important. Um, just that it's going to happen. So obviously the National League has finally moved into the 21st century. <laughs> um, Should have happened back in 1983, but you know, a fishing trip screwed <laughs> that up. Yeah, um, yeah. The National League has finally moved into the 21st century, along with the American League. It only took them 47 years. Um, so they're going to have the universal DH. And obviously that's going to have probably the biggest impact. Well, maybe not, but very possibly the biggest impact on the actual on-field product that we are supposedly going to see this year. My opinion is that it's about time. Uh, pitchers can't hit. And uh, pitchers can't stats, hit. stats um, show it. <laughs> so, does that pitchers you know, can't hit twice? <laughs> <laughs> Let's I'm go for three. Pitchers how, can't hit, strike three, you're out. I'm emphasizing how collectively bad pitchers are hitting. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but you know, again, it, suffice to say, it's 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 a joke really to watch pitchers attempt to hit because they just aren't required to hit. You know, a lot of times in high school and in college and in the minor leagues. So depending upon who it is, you know, there, there's a couple of mm-hmm. guys who, who are good hitters for a pitcher. You know, like <laughs> Madison Bumgarner is one of those guys. CC Sabathia was usually regarded as one of those guys. Uh, Mike Hampton back in the day, I remember, was always, you know, like a like a good hitting pitcher. I know I'm probably forgetting some since I don't follow the National League as much as I do the American. Maddox was a pretty good hitting pitcher. But but it's like 0.5% of the whole pitching population. Right. right. Yeah. It's, so, so it's, it's, it's about very, time. It's a very minor detail. So obviously what that's going to mean is, you know, so if you're a National League team, if you have a little bit more uh, position player depth, you know, the, the, the teams that have better position player depth will be the greater beneficiaries of this because, they'll have more competent hitters that they can use as a DH, whether it's like permanent or rotating. Most teams, it seems anymore for the most part, even in the American League, seem to use like a rotating DH. Even like the days of like the like the everyday DH, if you will, those days seem to have kind of gone away. Like, you know, since with like guys like Edgar Martinez and David Ortiz not being active anymore. So you would uh, say they're... So you would say they're using a little bit more strategy with the DH to say, okay, based on the pitcher that's going to be out there, this is who we really want to be up as the DH for best possible on-base percentage. Uh, yes, but it's also, I think, more of uh, of a issue of uh, giving guys rest. Like saying, like, okay, it's like this this guy could use a half day off is a, is a term you'll hear announcers <laughs> in the American League say a lot. So yeah, swinging yeah. the bat is very stressful and strenuous. <laughs> What they're saying then is playing the field is strenuous, I guess. It was walk up to the plate four times, swing the bat a few times, maybe run the bases, depending on if they get hits or whatever. (laughs) But they don't have to go out in the fields for nine innings and be, you know, staying sharp that way. So it's like that's why they call it a half day off because obviously they're only playing during one half of the game. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. We'll see what this does as far as like, you know, because one of the things I always hear from National League fans is about like the strategy. Uh, that's involved, and I appreciate that to an extent, but I also, but I also am largely dismissive of that because mm-hmm. I think that when they talk about that strategy, which is like, oh, when do you pinch hit for your pitcher? When do you double switch? Then you know this and that, every other thing. I think that's also an excuse for managers to overmanage, and that's going to be taken away from them. And who knows? Maybe it'll also have a little bit better impact in terms of like speeding up the game. Who knows? Um, I don't know if speeding up the game is going to be a big, big issue this year since there's not going to be fans in the stands, I would expect. We'll have to see. But that's obviously the biggest change. I, I, think, um, the, I, think, I think the biggest issue, the biggest 
thing for the National League is losing players. I think the biggest mm-hmm. gain for them is not having to lose like a player that's towards his end of his career that can still hit, that right. you can't stick at first base or you really can't stick in left field anymore. Instead of like that person going to an American League team to you know be in that DH role, you're going to have a lot of those players who are at their careers like, well, I don't have to go to the American League now. I can go to a National League team that has a DH that needs a DH. You know what I mean? So I think it's be helpful yeah. for them because there's like you see guys like National League guys, well, kind of towards the end of my career, what, what American League team can I catch on with so I can keep playing? You know, even if it's a shitty yeah. team, they'll go to that team and try to be a DH or whatnot. So I think it's going to benefit them in that way. Um, I mean, I mean, just for, for me, being a Cubs fan, I mean, we – there's a guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He plays for the Padres now. And oh, um, what was that? I thought you were talking about Kyle Schwarber. No, 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 no. Whose I ideal mean, position, let's face it, is DH. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is. He's, 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 he's an average fielder. But we get rid of a guy who was a first baseman. Um, we, we traded him to the Padres for somebody, and he definitely would have been somebody. I think he plays first base for the Padres now or something like that, but mm-hmm. he'd be ideal. DH person for that. And there's there's other teams that can benefit from, from that. I, I think that the whole thing with them is the whole strategy, like the American League does. But you know, you can still pinch hit and do all their other crap that you know they're normally used to. But I think that's the biggest thing is helping them keep players in the National League and not have them jump ship and go to American League teams that are you know looking to win somewhere else because there's no spot in the National League team because you really can't play the field anymore. Yeah, that's yeah, a very good point. It, it's like if they continue this through next year, and as of now, it's just for this year. But I also am of the opinion that once you implement something, it's it's very hard, if not impossible, to take it away. So let's just yeah. assume they'll still have it next year. Some guys who are now kind of like full-time DHs, like the two of them kind of most pop into mind are Nelson Cruz and Edwin Encarnacion. We were still guys who can still put the ball out of the park at a pretty good rate, you know, yep. If, I think they may both be free agents after this season. So next year, then, rather than only looking at like the 15 AL teams, you know, right. possible places where they could go, now they can look at all the National League teams too. Again, assuming that the National League keeps the DH for next year. So, I mean, that I think that, I, I think that's a good thing too. Again, in keeping some guys' as careers going because, you know, it's I you know it's guys like, want to be able to play. Yeah, yeah there's, there's all kinds of reasons. Maybe like. You know, he can't play the field anymore. I mean, Edgar Martinez, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame, uh, and rightfully so. But, you know, again, he had problems where, you know, he just couldn't keep playing the field because of injuries and stuff. But he was obviously an excellent hitter. So yeah. you would have been denied, the, you know, his whole career again if you had never had a DH in a lot of ways. So um, so, so I, think it's, I think it's a good change. I think it's good for the game overall. Uh, you have any thoughts, AJ? No, Joe's point was really good, though. I never thought about what Theo said about that extending careers for people in the National League. That was good. The other thing, too, is, like, you got to think about that that 20, well, before even this, you know, they extended the roster spot by one. So it was, like, the 26-man or whatever. You know, those bench guys, too, you know, those 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 utility guys, that's another chance for them to kind of prove themselves. They might not be home run hitters, but if you get consistent hitters, hits doubles, you can put those guys in the DH role, too. So there's a lot of different ways this is going to be beneficial for the American League. I mean, for the National League teams, that's for sure. Yeah, because the DH role is not about being a power hitter. It's about another bat to possibly yep. get on base. It's just to get that bat and get on base. I think the only the only people that you're really going to hear 
like pushback from or like your National League purist. Like I have two uncles that are National League purists. <laughs> like they don't even like the fact that there's interleague play at this time. Like the, when, when that started, they were so mad about interleague play and are still – have their their panties in a bunch about interleague play <laughs> it's like it's been going on for i don't know how many years get like get over it it's not changing it's not going back to the days of yore and you know we only play in our own you know divisions and stuff like that that's just, just the way it is so i think yeah. nationally purists are going to be the people that are only the only people that are really kind of bent out of shape the ones that don't want to see any change to the game M- leave it the way it is most of them are probably over the age of 50 or 60 too. So. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. My uncles are in their sixties. That's a generational thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the other cool thing too, was like, I know it's a one-off season, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to see like the American league East and the national league East all in one division, you know, kind of all going at the standings. Well, I don't think that's the way they're doing it. I think yeah. that I think, it's I don't think to be one division. I don't I think it's one division. I think what they're doing is that in order to try to limit possible exposure, that they're mm-hmm. only playing they're only playing the teams in like the same in those divisions. Yeah, so, well, I get that. So it's like East teams are only playing East teams, Central, Central, West, West. But I, I don't think it's that standings that way too. I don't. I don't think so. I'd have to look on that, but I think they're still keeping it separate. Otherwise, so, Yahoo Sports lied to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, let's just, let's assume that it's still like your traditional standing structure and everything. That makes it a little interesting then that they're going to be playing a for the you know the the brevity of the season. They're going to be playing a highly. They're going to be playing a fairly high percentage of games against teams that they're technically not competing against in terms of trying to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that could have some interesting and and kind of kind of moving on now with what the differences are. Uh, if you were following this at all, you would you probably were hearing about expanded playoffs. That's not happening because <laughs> yeah. that again is part of the agreements that they never agreed to. Uh, the whole reason they were going to do expand the playoffs anyway was basically to try to get another, you know, shot of revenue in which obviously the owners were pushing for. The players were willing to agree to that, uh, provided they got some of that money, too, of course. But because, again, they never came to a final agreement, the expanded playoffs does not. Happen. We'll see where that goes going forward. I uh, can really say about both the owners and the players, and I know we're not really talking about this, but we're going to make a generalized statement here without going to depth is they're both greedy son of a bitches and they both want lots of money and nobody <laughs> wants to give so any money away either way. And that's a very, very sad thing. Cause the only people that they actually hurt are the fans that want to see these people play. Uh, I mean, yes and no, it's, it's uh, again, I don't, I don't want to get too far down into that rabbit hole today just because we'll, we'll, we'll have a hard time. Right. Getting out of it. But it, it does, a lot of the disputes have to do with, you know, the owners are of course claiming that they're not going to make any money with no with no fans in the stands. Which, it's true their their money making is going to be limited, but not like you know zero because they're still going to get television right. and and things of that sort. And the players are kind of upset because they felt like they had come to an agreement that they'd get like a certain percent of their money, and then the owners are saying, well, no, that's not what we agreed to. So that's where that all came from, and that's why this this shit's gone on for so long rather than rather than already being back playing now. So, um, yeah, so yeah, but, but moving on to some of the other changes you're going to see this year, 
Yes. Uh, you know, Theo mentioned the 26-man roster. That was something that was going into effect before all the uh, the pandemic stuff started, unfortunately. Um, I don't know what the hell just happened there. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened either. You went black screen. You went super dark side. <laughs> my, computer, my computer monitors uh, tried to go into sleep, so yeah. It's part of his training. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> 26-man roster was something that was happening before the pandemic. Um, they've made a slight alteration into that in that they're going to allow every team to start with 30 players for like the first two weeks. Then it's going to go down to 28 for another two weeks, and then it's going to go down to 26. And I think that's to make sure that that guys have maybe like a little bit more time to kind of get back into game shape and also to hopefully, you know, in case there's injuries and stuff like that. They're also going to have these like taxi squads, which are going to probably be occupying their like minor league facilities since there is no minor league baseball now this year. Uh, you know, yeah, it is. But what are you going to do? Um so that's like where they, they can pull extra players from. They have these like 60-man pools that they're working off of right now. So roster size is one thing. Now, another big change that's going to happen is what happens when we go to extra innings? Oh, the man on uh, second base crap. I, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that. Yeah. Now, this is something they apparently started in the minor leagues, and they're bringing it into the uh. main. What's going to happen? is that starting in the 10th inning, if we go to a 10th inning, uh, each team will start with a runner on second base to begin the inning. The runner, the runner who will be on second base is the guy who made the last out of the, pre, of the prior inning or a pinch runner if they choose to do that. Yes. Um, basically, the whole point is to try to make sure that we don't have like marathon games that's been that like could a, still happen. <laughs> yeah, it could still happen. I mean, it's been a little controversial over the last couple of years with like you know just like you know time the the times of the game and the length of the games and you, know, you burn through your entire bullpen and shit like that. So that's yeah. why they attested. That's why they attested in the minors. I, I, I just just like kind of talking about it, thinking about it. I would say I don't like it. I'm not a fan, but I'll wait to see it in practice before making a final judgment. I mean, because, you know, who who knows how it's going to work? I, I think what you I think what you could end up seeing a lot is, OK, we're putting a runner on second base to start the inning. Um, they'll intentionally walk the first batter to get a double play in effect and then hope that they can turn the double play. And then you would just be dealing with a runner on third with two outs. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how teams treat it. It seems like an NFL gimmick. Like the NFL's changes <laughs> to the goddamn overtime, it feels like MLB's like, hmm, NFL could do this shit. Why don't we try it? Ah, please. I, Interesting. I, 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 I'm 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 okay with. I'm actually okay with it, but it's because 18 inning games. Yeah, I. I yeah, that that gets to be a much too. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I like baseball as much as the next guy. Yeah, sometimes those extra inning marathon games can, can get really super annoying, especially if your team ends up being on the losing end of it. I think I'm with Pat on it. I want to see how it plays out. It sounds intriguing. I think Theo's right. I think that they're the NFL did something cool and changed it, so we got to do something cool and change it. So yeah. next year, next year the NBA is going to put the four point line in. So oh Christ, <laughs> oh, please no, because they got to they got to keep up then. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stop fucking watching the NBA basketball. They pulled that shit off. Yeah. 
So <laughs> let's. There's another. Now that he said that, I could totally see the NBA doing that, especially if we're still dealing with pandemic effect. <laughs> so Joe had uh, not mentioned this, but in one of the things that we were going to talk about that I had mentioned at the beginning is a five or six man roster. Now this rotation. is something I think rotation. is kind of rotation. You said roster. <laughs> six man rot. Boy, oh yeah, five or six man <laughs> roster. That'd be probably that would wow. probably hard. Um, so Joe, I think this is something that you kind of wanted to touch on with the five yeah, and six I, man I'm rotation. Just, I'm just kind of curious of how uh, teams are going to actually uh, want to handle that. You know, you got to shorten 60, 60 games. You want to throw out five pitchers. You want to throw out six pitchers. You know, especially if you got those guys who are kind of like the back end instead of putting guys like maybe that fighting for that fifth spot. You have them as their long reliever. Fucking might as well just put them as like a six man rotation and see how that works for the first, you know, first go round or second go round and see if that helps out your your pitchers and whatnot. Kind of keep them fresh. But then the same flip side, it's like, do you want them to pitch more so they get more? game ready by the time if your team's fighting for the playoffs or would you want to go that six-man rotation just kind of interesting to see what some of these teams are going to do i think kansas city and another team um i think it might have been tampa bay actually has been talking about doing a six-man rotation um, because they got a lot of young kids that they want to try out or per se so we'll see i'm just kind of curious and see how that would work out just want to know what your guys thoughts would that would be with that i I well, as a Yankee fan, I'm expecting the Yankees to still go with a five-man rotation. I don't know. You guys might need a six because you know, um, homeboy hit Tanaka in that side of the head today. (laughs) I I mean, that's that's a separate issue, really. I mean, that's you know, that's an injury thing. So, uh, I I think that the Yankees were going to go with a five-man rotation. I still kind of expect that they'll go with a five-man rotation. I do think that if teams feel like they have the depth for it. They might go with a six-man rotation. I also feel like it's a, it, and this is something again that I don't think we're really going to know until they're actually playing games and they're going through it all. But yeah, how are they going to handle starting pitcher workloads? Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. are you going to see guys throwing a hundred to two hundred and twenty pitches every start, or are they going to be more limited to maybe say like eighty to eighty-five a start? Uh, I mean, so that that will that will bear. And, you know that will bear watching, especially you know the fir- during the first few weeks and everything. So it's like, um, you know, obviously the Yankees had signed Garrett Cole, and you know he's a workhorse and everything. Are the Yankees going to let him go throw seven innings and 110 pitches every game right from the get go? Right. Say, well, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I think that again, a six-man rotation really only works if you have quality depth. If you don't have that depth, I don't think it's a it's a great idea uh would now, be a veteran pitchers like what yeah. if your squad has like three out of five veteran pitchers that are like in their mid-30s yeah it, it depends upon if they have like you know concerns with guys you know who might have injury concerns you know like injury histories things of that sort and and obviously who knows how the season goes on as, as injuries arise or you know you know other things which we'll get to in a second um you know, we'll just have to kind of see how each team, you know, more or less individually reacts to it. So it's yeah. going, it, it's, it, again, it, it's the, the, the terminology for a major league baseball season is usually always, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, this year it's really more going to be like a sprint. It's a sprint. 
<laughs> assuming, assuming that they're able to play what they are now intending to be a, the full season, you know, in terms of what a yeah. full 20 season I, is going to be. I so still it, think it'll, it'll bear watching. I still think we're going to get right up by those dates and the baseball and NBA are going to be like, nope, we're not doing I, I, I think that we're, that could happen. So we could get two yeah. days before yeah. and they're going to pull the plug. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, hockey's cool. hockey's going to Canada. Their two hub cities are probably they're in Edmonton and Toronto, I think it is, or something like that. Edmonton, Montreal, whatever. Canada's yeah. being more safer up there, so let's send all the hockey players up I, there and try to get I a season to end. Canada's actually flattened the curve. Yeah. So the, the, not to bring up the NBA in this, but they're going to the hot mess down in Orlando, Florida. That's like the last place you want to be right now, and that's where their <laughs> bubble is supposedly going to be. So. Yeah, so well, I just want to quick weigh in on that five and six man rotation. Um, so from the Phillies aspect, I don't even know if they have enough for a five man rotation <laughs> because their pitching still is terrible. <laughs> when you when your addition to pitching is Wheeler, um, and not to yep. take anything away from that guy, but when your only addition to your pitching roster, well, he's a good rotation. Is Wheeler? He's what was good, that, Pat? I was gonna say Wheeler's a good mid-rotation starter, you know, like a number right. two starter. So, yeah, and I'm not, and that's why I'm not taking anything away from him. But that's the only person, as far as I know, that they added. So they they don't have enough pitching depth to go to a six-man rotation by any means. They don't have the depth. Like I said, I don't even know if they really have a true five-man rotation that they can really do with what, which with the starting pitching that they have. Is Arietta even healthy? Because they didn't really upgrade, upgrade it. What's that? Is Arietta is Arietta even healthy right now? I have no idea. As far as baseball fans go, I what I know about baseball is what I get to hear on sports radio because I am so far removed from it. That's the one sport I really don't follow <laughs> much at all because it's. As a, as a fan of sports, that sport, except for when I was a kid and played baseball, has never really been one that kept my interest long enough to be able to see it. Unless I go to a game at the you know the park, that's it. Doesn't different. really it doesn't really resonate with me and you as much sometimes, Jeremy. I think yeah, so. it's not fast pace. It's not action, constant action. So it kind of makes me bored. Like golf, I can't understand watching golf on TV either. <laughs> Another. So, Public service announcement? Sure, let's do another public service announcement. So, (laughs) if you're watching this on YouTube, we want to thank you for tuning in. And as always, make sure you stay tuned to the end of our episode to catch the Mount Rushmore. Please make sure you're giving us a big thumbs up. And also subscribing to our station and putting on those notifications so you don't miss an episode. And if you are catching us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher for the audio version, make sure you are giving us a rating. And, oh, nice thumb. I like that. And, <laughs> See, that's a thumb. Uh, giving up, us a rating so right. we can jump up. Freshly squeezed. <laughs> so we can uh, jump up in the ratings so that more people like yourselves can catch us, listen to us, and get hopefully the same entertainment that you are getting out of this podcast as we are getting out of it just doing it. Theo, don't you have a surprise for us? Should I, should well, I do my well, question well, now? Well, real quick, did we have anything else on our little bulleted list that we wanted to talk about in terms of rule no. changes? I okay, think we got me, it all. all no, right, well, that was the last... Thing. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to go too crazy into it. I'll be here for like three hours. 
if right. you've got one more that you would like to throw out there, Darth Pat, feel free to. One more. We, we'll, well, we'll throw one more. I'm turning his fucking mic off. Hold on. Before we, get, before we get to Theo's surprise, I mean, obviously the thing that really kind of has to be most watched and looked at now is obviously what's going on with the goddamn coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> uh, like, well, like we said a little while ago, you know, some players have been testing positive. Now we've been hearing about more players testing positive. Uh, it's going to basically get to the point of, well, excuse me, uh, what's going to happen if like an outbreak occurs within a team's camp? I mean, we mentioned DJ LeMahieu of the Yankees. He's not actually in camp with the Yankees yet. So he tested positive before he reported. So obviously they told him, well, don't come yet. You know, <laughs> while you're, and he's, he apparently was asymptomatic and stuff. And there was another Yankee player who did test positive who was showing some symptoms. And again, he wasn't in camp. But that's going to be something, again, that's obviously going to, uh, to, to bear watching again is what does happen if there's an outbreak amongst one individual team? Do they all have to go into lockdown? Uh, do they have to forfeit all their games? What happens if it happens with more than one team? I mean, at that point, aren't you really kind of having to consider maybe just saying, all right, screw this, we can't do it? So that's obviously going to be a very big concern going forward. And now the other concern, of course, is, uh, is, is players just choosing not to play, uh, you know, choosing not to happen. Yeah, well, it is happening. Uh, There's like four, like four to six players that have opted yeah. not to play right now. Yeah. So far, we've seen some players like Ryan Zimmerman of the Nationals, who was like Mr. National, basically. He's played his whole career there, and he's, he's probably their, the most prolific player in the history of the Washington Nationals, not kind of their Expos days. Um, Ian Desmond, who I think was with the Rockies most recently. And now today, David Price announced that he's opting out. So he's still a fairly big name. And obviously, the Dodgers had just acquired him in that trade with the Red Sox, where they also got Mookie Betts. And now the big thing, too, to kind of keep an eye out, Mike Trout's been making uh, yeah, comments about being unsure about wanting to play. That's because his wife is pregnant. So uh he's got a very legitimate concern and everything there if somebody as big as trout who's clearly baseball's best player were to opt out it makes me wonder two things one would you see a bunch of other players follow suit and two would that then maybe make the owners have second thoughts about even trying to go through with it or the players i mean it's, it's association because i have a feeling at this point the owners are basically like you know we're going to get what we can out of this season in terms of you know obviously the finances so that unfortunately i think is a story that, again it's obviously it's obviously not going away the virus is not going away um you know until there's a vaccine and that's not going to happen for a while so mm -hmm. this is something that i still think ultimately could prevent us from actually seeing baseball play this year you know again they've got 19 days from when we're recording this to when they expect to have like opening day, anything can happen in 19 days. And we've been seeing that for the last five months. So um, hopefully we'll get baseball. I mean, I could, I could really use just that sense of familiarity, that sense of normalcy. I don't know about you guys, but I know I could use it. Uh, but at the same time, it very much would not surprise me if baseball and really any other sport for that matter was not yeah. played again in, in this calendar year. Yeah, hey, I point. got me NASCAR and IndyCar, so I'm good to go. No. Yeah. <laughs> I watched <laughs> both of those things. That was a very good point, Darth Pat. 
And fans, uh, if you're listening to us, we'd love to hear your comments on some of this stuff that we've been talking about with baseball and the topics that we brought up. So feel free to leave a comment so we can come back with you guys and see, you know, get a little interaction on what you guys are thinking on some of these things that we're talking about. All right, Joe, you got a surprise for our fans. So what is it, sir? What is that surprise? So this is the the beginning of the stumper question. Oh, right? a stumper question. The, the stumper question. <laughs> and... and Swear to God, if any of you guys use Google, I'm, I'm not, so I'm not anywhere near. My phone's on the other side of the table. And the person I'm looking at specifically on my screen is the his, bottom. His name with starts that, with a P. With that stupid <laughs> grin on his fucking face. <laughs> his fucking pat. No cheating. Yeah. I am, but what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> so stumper question. The beginning of stumper question. So. Which three Major League Baseball teams have never had a player win the MVP award? Oh, my God. You're freaking – you're shitting me, right? Like, you (laughs) – I'm bowing out because I have no freaking clue on that one. Three teams, you say? Three teams have never had a player win the MVP. I'm going to say the Rays are one of them. That's what I was thinking the Rays are one of them. Correct. Uh, that's the only team I was really thinking of. I'll be honest. I'm, so we got the Rays. Okay. Um, hmm. Have the Diamondbacks ever had an MVP? No. I didn't wow, think so. that's two. Oh, Pat's got two out of three. Let's see if he gets the third one. Because, because well, the, the reason I'm saying this, I, I do think I've seen this before on, on on Sporkle. There's like a quiz about like name like every team's like last MVP and like. When you click on the quiz, like, you know, there's like the teams that automatically pop up that just says none, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to yeah. say that the third team is the Mets. Pat got all three of them. <laughs> Holy <laughs> freaking monkey poo. I only Ooh. knew the one. I knew that I would have got the Rays. That's it. And me yeah, being so the, the baseball specialist that I am, I knew none. <laughs> See that well that's the funny thing. It's like the Rays and the Diamondbacks, being that they're the two newest teams, you know, it's not that surprising. They've only been around for was it twenty-two years now. But the Mets have been around for almost sixty years now, and they've had some really good players. So it is kind of surprising that the Mets never had an MVP. I know they've had surprising. some guys I know they've had some guys finish second, like I think Strawberry did, and I want to say Piazza probably did too. But yeah, times, yeah. Yeah. So it's like they they never actually got one. Well, it's like how long did they wait before they they had their first no hitter in franchise history, so you know maybe one of these days they'll get they'll get that uh, they'll get that elusive MVP, or maybe Pete Alonso will win in the next few years. We'll see. And it makes you wonder why are people Mets fans? <laughs> <laughs> Just well, the, the easy answer for that is because the Dodgers and the Giants both moved out of New York in the late '50s. The Mets <laughs> came in, in the early '60s, and those people who have been Dodgers and Giants fans. Sure as shit, weren't going to start rooting for the Yankees, so <laughs> they basically became, somebody. they basically became Mets fans by default. So <laughs> we're sorry, Mets fans. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That was a great question, Joe. Hopefully, the next one that you have for us, I might know maybe an answer. Sports oh, trivia, I, as much as sports as I watch, is not. I'm not very good with sports trivia. I think the next one's going to be wrestling related. So. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll uh, see how Matt. Uh, my. Uh, let's see. Let's see how my Matt. See how AJ does with this some wrestling one is, there. Yeah, 
So my wrestling mat. Well, you can save that for, for the next one. Hold on, hold on. Let me get out of my book here. My wrestling was that mat questions. Nineteen seventy-one. Uh, so I'll just look. I, I have a section, a little notebook, guys. I, I have a notebook, so I have a little thing called wrestling mat questions. That's why I call it. You can so say, I have, save that um, for tomorrow when we do a wrestling podcast. Oh, I will. I will. For the just, next uh, podcast. <laughs> I have I have two in mind though. I, I think okay. I think. Um, okay. Pat will get some of them. AJ will get some of them as well. But I'm curious to see. Well, I know Pat won't get all of them because Pat doesn't like to watch certain wrestling shows right now, so he's not going to have no idea about the other. I'm picking this question now. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing this stumper question from my. Yep, because there's one, two, uh, one, two, three. I like when it's multi-part. I like yeah. when it's multiple answer ones though, because you can get lucky and say, "All right, I know." I got lucky and like I knew the race. I didn't know it makes you work for it when it's like there's four answers or something. Then you have to work for it. It's not just blind luck then. Pat will get it if he runs through the whole roster. (laughs) Wow. I mean, it's funny you talk about I don't watch certain wrestling shows right now. Uh, I I, I don't watch any wrestling shows right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's go and let's move on to. Some players. Let's talk about some players real quick here and that we liked, that we got to see playing, maybe a favorite moment in baseball that we got to see uh, on TV or live. That would be cool. So, let AJ go. He's, yeah, he's AJ, talking, you know, you, you're ready. I can for see a little it. Bit. Go ahead, buddy. Ah, uh, I get to talk. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time. That's the longest. That's the, I think that's the longest somebody's kept me quiet in my whole life. <laughs> so good job good job theo and darth pat all right see so, yeah, we have to come up with another subject where we can keep it quiet <laughs> we'll think of something don't worry <laughs> i know we can do it <laughs> so i'm gonna say that some of the best players i've seen in my lifetime uh griffey probably probably barry bonds um I, it's hard with jeter I don't necessarily think he's the best player, but he's a winner. He's a winner, and he's got a lot of the intangible stuff that not a lot of these other guys had. He's he's never had any kind of problems, like, you know, in the media. He's always been nice to the media. They've never said, you know, he did this, he did that. He's always kind of been an ambassador for the sport. And bringing up Jeter leads me to the best my favorite baseball moment is Jeter, the flip. That's that's the best baseball moment. Aaron Boone's home run against the Red Sox and Jeter's flip are probably the two things I'm going to remember the most because the Yankees don't win that series if Jeter doesn't make that flip. So, like, that's that he saved the series on that play. <laughs> so, um, I'm also going to give a shout out to Tony Gwynn. I think Tony Gwynn is a guy who is a really good player that not a lot of people talk about. I, I think he's Tony very Gwynn. underappreciated player. I think he's one of the, he might have been the best hitter I've, I've seen. Like, so he's a guy that I don't think gets as much credit as he deserves. So, and I, I like the Giants. So I, I, I paid attention to the Padres back when Bonds played mm-hmm. for the Giants. So I paid more attention to the Padres because I was always watching the Giants, you know, record and stuff. So I paid more attention to that team than maybe some people did on the East Coast. So he's a guy that I, I, I don't think gets enough credit for being uh, as good as he was. 
and there's the thing. He played for the Padres. You know, Padres are not a high market team. Like they're not that that team that everybody's watching from coast to coast. You know, so it's very easy to overlook somebody like Tony Gwynn, as good as he was, uh, be easily overlooked and because I'm, of the market that he was in. Unfortunately, the one year they were really good, they ran into the buzzsaw in New York. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, so, so somebody had to be the team to lose to the 98 Yankees, and unfortunately it was Tony Gwynn's Padres. So, yeah, when, um, when you think of San Diego, you better be thinking of Tony Gwynn's the first person out of your mouth. Otherwise, I don't <laughs> know what's wrong with you. Well, I mean, he is, he is literally Mr. Padre, the way Ernie Banks was Mr. Cub. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, it, it would be funny. You would think I probably would pick, pick like a Phillies moment or something like that. And, then, you know, there was definitely like the – oops Phillies moment that I remember and that was a wild thing Mitch Williams pitching it and uh getting taken taken out the park (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome Phillies fans (laughs) there's a reason why we got rid of them you know so yeah that was like the oh crap I don't want to remember that moment but um you know there was some good moments that I've seen and probably one that I remember and I know I didn't see this live I know I saw it probably on a replay at some point in time but that was when uh Nolan Ryan pitched the pitched a no hitter one of his no hitters that was quite an amazing moment because it's just not something (laughs) yeah i know he got a lot yeah but that's just something you don't see that often uh you know and i know roy holiday had one when he pitched for the phillies so yeah so i mean i didn't see that game i don't remember that one but I remember seeing Nolan Ryan's and that was a pretty spectacular moment because it's just, it's one of those rare things because it's so hard to not have somebody hit it or, you know, just by dumb luck, you know, an error happen, you know, cause somebody makes a fielding error cause it's out of your control. So it's, it, it was a pretty amazing moment. He was also one of the best pitchers I've seen too. I would put Nolan Ryan in the, if we're going to, you know, Ryan's one of those guys where if we talk about pitchers, like I would, I would say Clemens and Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan, those are guys who I, who I saw who were really good pitchers too. So Fernando Valenzuela was good too. He was really good. So, and for a period, he flamed out a little towards there. When he came in though, he was a, it was like, there was, it was literally Fernando mania. So, my dad still so hates true. him to this day because he beat the Yankees in the World, <laughs> World Series. So <laughs> I never, I never really liked him, but I'm a, because I liked the Giants even when I was a kid. I hate the Dodgers too. So like I hate the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Indians. I hate all of them. So, <laughs> so uh, go ahead, Pat. What's yours? Um, I mean, for me, it's I think it's maybe some more like isolated moments. Like I love watching Derek Jeter hit a home run to get his three thousandth hit. Um, I love watching Alex Rodriguez get a hit a home run to get his 3,000th hit. Um, I love watching Mariano Rivera break the all-time saves record. Um, Mo and Jeter's last games in Yankee Stadium were emotional. I was crying like a baby through both of those. I'm sure you loved the Aaron Boone moment too. Uh, I did, and of course the problem was, and then they went late an egg against right. Matt. Well. Like that that moment loses its luster for me at the <laughs> moment. At the time though, it was great. It was it was it was phenomenal. Um, you know, one of my other favorite moments was uh, Dave Winfield hitting the double in game six of the 1992 World Series, which gave the Blue Jays the lead that they would use to win because he was the guy, of course, who famously choked in the 81 World Series for the Yankees. You know, he was my favorite player, um, you know, to see him come through in a clutch situation then. 
uh, was was so satisfying then to finally see him win a World Series when he was 40 years old. Uh, but the the best individual moment that I can think of for me for baseball was Charlie Hayes catching the last out of the 1996 World Series. I mean, Yankee haters will probably hate this, but you know, at the time I was 15 years old, never seen the Yankees win a World Series. The only time they were in the World Series in my lifetime, I was an infant. Um, so always hearing so all my family members wax poetic about, you know, like the, the, the Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle teams, you know, from like the, the thirties into the sixties and everything. Uh, and then also talk a little bit about like the Reggie Jackson seventies teams to finally see the Yankees after all that to finally win, especially after the fact that they hadn't gotten the chance in 94 because of the strike and the way they lost to the Mariners in 95. Um, you know, especially when it was Don Mattingly's last game, you know, those were those were hard pills to swallow. So to finally see that ball drop into Hayes' glove and just to see everybody, you know, in Yankee Stadium just go nuts and everything. I know, remember, be- I remember better- that. Yeah, it was even better than the 98 World Series, because even though even though it was so much fun watching the 98 Yankees, you know, arguably the greatest team of all time, you know, it was so fun watching them that entire year. It was like if they didn't win the World Series, it would have been just a huge letdown. So seeing them win the World Series was like, okay, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yay, I'm so happy. But the 96 one, because it was that first one, what? was like, you know, was like a much better feeling. What about players, Pat? Players, um, you know, again, I can't really say Jeter Rivera because it's a little, little bit of homerism. And Rivera is clearly the best at what he ever did, but he still got what they would call like kind of like limited value because yeah. he only one inning a game basically i agree he's my uh, favorite yankee but i agree i don't it's hard to go there with him yeah some guys that i've i've loved watch loved watch playing over the years even if they weren't necessarily on my team i mean bonds of course was great and he was a hall of famer before he ever you know started taking steroids uh you know uh griffey uh always loved frank thomas because he was so huge and so imposing uh, you know, so other, other guys who kind of shared Thomas's size, like Jim Tomey, I remember was a guy like that. Jeff Bagley. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out just a guy that kind of like just the way he was built and the way he could hit the ball out of the park. You know, um, I also like watching guys who can play small ball, like Tony Gwynn and like Wade Boggs. Possibly the most exciting player I ever saw was Ricky Henderson. Oh my God, uh, yeah, because oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he came he came to the Yankees right about the time that I really started watching baseball when I was like five or six years old. And he didn't steal quite as many bases with the Yankees as he had in his early years with the A's. But it was still everything about Ricky was unique. I mean, like the way he stood at the plate because he crouched down, you know, in such a way that the strike zone was only about like that big around for him. So, you know, he was able to get a lot of walks. And it's like if you're walking Ricky Henderson, you might as well have let him hit a double off of you. So. Uh, you know, he was probably one of the most unique players ever in the history of the game because he had that power speed combination. He had a lot of home runs in his career. I think he still holds the record for leadoff home runs and everything. So, you know, a lot of lot of great players. And, you know, probably right now, again, the guy I probably admire the most is, I mean, it's got to be Mike Trout. I mean, the guy has been, you know, freaking gangbusters from the moment he set foot on the field. And, yeah, I'd love, to see him play. I'd love to see him play for the Yankees someday, but I'm pretty sure he's an angel for life now with the contract he has. I'll admire him for, you know, <laughs> his, entire, his entire career because it's like he may end up by the time he's done 
he may literally end up being the greatest of all time. And so just to be able to say that you were able to see his whole career, that's just like something that hopefully like I have, if I ever have kids someday, or if my nephews get into baseball, that's just like a story I want to be able to pass down and say, well, I got to see this guy play. And so yeah. Trout, Trout could very well be that. I'll bet you we all three or the other three of us know what Joe's moment's going to be. I have a feeling that we might know what Joe's. Are you going to go different from what we would expect or – I, I mean, there's one, there's one, pop there's right one popping up in my head too. So I mean, let's, let's go with the players first. You know, some of the players you've already. He's gonna about. save it, even though we all know he's gonna yeah. save it. You know, some the same players. You know, I, I'm, of course, I do root for the White Sox for various reasons. Frank Thomas was huge, um, a huge Frank Thomas fan. Um, besides Tony Gwynn and them, I think a couple of the guys like Mark Grace was a, a, a singles machine. Singles and doubles machine. He led the he led the '90s and hits. Um, you know, good all round player, a very good defensive player. Um, the other guy too. You know, uh, like being a White Sox fan, I hate every team in the in the um, American League Central. But Kirby Puckett, Kirby, Kirby Puckett, Puckett was uh, Kirby Puckett was one of those guys. Like he please. just he just he just played his ass off. Um, very good at bat, very good defender. Just it's just a, a, a yeah. Even with his little beer belly there. Yeah, he was definitely a fast dude. Um, no, he was like, very uh, likable. He was a very yeah, likable yeah. player. Even though I hated while, that team, I despised that while team. He was you know? alive. While yes. he was he was very likable. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'd agree with Pat. Mike Trout, that'd be great to see someone like of that stature become like the greatest of all time and stay with the same team throughout his whole career, no matter how many you know years that may be down the road. Um. As far as moments, you know, um, I mean, <laughs> I'm wearing the Chris Bryant with the gold trim that they, they wore the following year after they won the World Series, you know, 108 years. I mean, how could anybody go wrong? I mean, some people say I'm 300 years old, but it is what it is. Um, I just, you know, that last grounder to Chris Bryant to Rizzo yep. for the out. I mean, I... Listen, I shed tears. I shit you not. I really don't care. You guys can all fucking make fun of me, but goddammit, 108 years. and <laughs> I, would, I would never make fun of you for that. I remember watching that I... last night, and my first thought was, Joe and Pat finally have a championship. I feel so great for them. Yep. And my and my friend and my friend Zach, I was watching that game with Zach. So it, it, one of the things with that was is like when I was um, our other mutual friend Pat, because uh, he's a from Chicago as well for everybody to know. Um, he he had sent me a text message when they were down three games to one, and all I said back to him is like, still believe it will be fine, and then like it was like game after game, like I <laughs> at the time. Uh, me and my wife were staying at my in-laws for a little bit and we were in upstairs and it was the the one game and I think Addison Russell hit a home run um it might have been the grand slam uh that he hit but I was just going ape shit I'm like we're fucking winning this we're winning this game we're winning game fucking six we're winning game seven fuck Cleveland fuck that whole goddamn city fuck LeBron James because I get tired of fuck- I got tired of fucking hearing his, seeing his stupid face on TV. Uh, sorry, LeBron, but I'm just being honest. I got the whole after that fucking home run. I right. was doing this to you on well, fucking TV. Well, and 
<laughs> the problem with him is all of a sudden he was wearing Cleveland shit, but supposedly he's a Yankees fan. So yeah. like all of a sudden we're, you don't jump ship like that. If you're a Yankees fan, you don't put Cleveland shit on ever. No. It's all so you wanted to just Yankee stuff and become a, a Cleveland Homer. Like, bro, that, that was like a double whammy for him. But no, it, it was, man, let me tell you game seven. I was like, yeah, we got this. We got this. And then, the home run happened. I'm like, fuck, please, please don't tell me this is going to happen again. Thank think, God yeah. for the rain delay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, a rain delay pep talk. Uh, I praise Jason Hayward for his pep talk for the players only meeting. I mean, I mean you guys, to happen. you guys were also playing against the perennial choke machine. So, yeah, I mean, they've done it before. I mean, that's what <laughs> Cleveland's known for. That's what they do. So it's okay. So it's great. It is great. When I, I saw somebody, um, the one time there was like uh, uh, back in November, there was like the anniversary, the day that the Cubs won. There was somebody on Twitter who posted who's a Cub. It was a Cubs fan that lives in Ohio, and the Ohio plate says Cubs in seven. I was like, yeah, that's fucking beautiful. It right was. There. That was it great. was. I know what day it was because it was on my birthday. Because the because the game crept over into my birthday, and I'm like, if the Indians win this World Series on my birthday, I might have to do something terrible. <laughs> so I was. I was. It's not that I necessarily like the Cubs. I just didn't want the Indians to win on my birthday because I would have never heard the end of that. That would have been the worst birthday ever if that had happened for me. You wouldn't me. have had to do anything because Cleveland would have burnt their own city down. <laughs> <laughs> Holy I crap, mean, we won. Good riddance to bad rubbish on that one. So. I mean, they probably would have. Who knows? You know. <laughs> no, because they didn't burn the. They didn't really burn the city down enough when the Cavs won. I would have preferred more happen. So, well, yeah, I don't ever recall hearing about riots in New York when the Yankees or Giants or anybody else have won. So, no, there's a certain select cities that like to do stupid riots when their teams win. It's very interesting. The one yeah. I was hearing about was the Tigers after the '84 season. So, like, I think me and I think me and Dar's Cat, like when 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 the Cubs won, it's like me and Pat are like, okay, let's not take this for granted when the Yankees win because they've won a lot, and you you don't want to take that stuff for granted because they win a bunch of times and then they don't win for years. You like start taking that stuff for granted sometimes. I think. Well, uh, yeah, that's the funny thing. Up. It's like, yeah, the Yankees won four and five years there, uh, you know, from '96 to 2000, and yeah, we started taking it for granted, especially like in 2001. You know, it's it's like. This, that was such a sucker punch to the balls the way they lost that series but then when they got back in 2003 when they just kind of seemed disinterested after like they lost game four of that series so that's why the 2009 series was special again because you i really did it, it had been nine years nine long years <laughs> oh heaven for fucking bed nine long years that's terrible nine fucking long that's years like, what do you do that's but that is what really made me appreciate the 2009 championship all the more. And again, they haven't even been back to the World Series since then. So it's like right now it's it's a 11 year drought for the Yankees, and I think that's the third longest in their history, excluding you know the time before they won their first championship in the 1923. So yeah, it, it it's almost better when you're not a dynasty in a way. Because you do appreciate the individual win all the much more than in everything. So yeah, as long it, as you're not choking every year in the playoffs, you know. <laughs> the other thing too, it's like you know, for like all throughout the 2000s, I always felt like the Yankees were losing to inferior teams in the playoffs. Sometimes, sometimes. It's debatable so whether or not that's true or not. But yeah, so that's that. You just had that frustration factor into it, and 
you know, that's something else, of course, that that's what makes it that should make you appreciate it all the much more is that, you know, it is so much harder to actually win the World Series now than it was, you know, back in you know, the days of yore. So back then, all you had to do was get, was win the World Series. You know, you didn't have two rounds of the playoffs before that. So it's much harder to do everything now. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, your, gentlemen. Are we ready? It's that time. <laughs> it is that time for the Mount Rushmore of baseball. And today's theme, since we are talking baseball, is going to be the greatest player we have ever seen in our lifetime play the game of baseball. So it could be old, it could be new, but your pick for greatest player that you've ever seen play the game of baseball. And Theo, we're going to start with you today. Oh, fucking A, you're going to start with Her me? Curveball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not that much of a curveball. Um, so my guy's a pitcher. He used to pitch for the Cubs, and we let him go. Cause oh, no. That's what we used to do back in the day, let good players go for no fucking reason. But it is what it is. Um, I think Greg Maddox. Um, oh, I like Greg Maddox. He, you know, he wasn't the greatest power pitcher. He was a finesse pitcher. He was a control pitcher. Um, he just He just pitched with ease. Um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's a lot of good pitchers, you know, you could put Randy Johnson in there, Nolan Ryan, so on, so on, so on. There's a lot of great starting pitchers. Um, Max was just, he was good. He was consistent. Yeah. He was on a lot of good Braves teams. They only won one world series. I mean, it is what it is, but you know, he's like, for instance, um, he won 15 games in 17 seasons. I believe it was. Um, he has the most gold gloves with 18 out of any pitcher. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, he has 300 wins, 300 strikeouts and fewer than a thousand walks in his career. Um, just going through some stats. I mean, he played what 22 seasons, I believe it was from 86 to last time. I think he pitched for the Dodgers a little bit in 2008, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he, he's my pick, you know, all around good player. Same thing. No issues it's- off the field consistent role model in the clubhouse. Everyone got along with them. He was a team leader, you know, all the, all the other qualities that you want in, you know, a star player on your specific team. That's a good pick, Theo. Yeah. He you was know. a, he was a Philly killer when he was with the Braves. They, he, like if Ben Max was pitching, it was like almost a guaranteed. I think he was, I think he was a lot of team killer. <laughs> a lot of teams. So, yeah, I mean, you know, four Cy Youngs, I believe he also had um, in regards to that too. So he was, he was, he was dominant. Not Fortunately, I think the Yankees got, I think the Yankees got the better of him a couple times, but the, the Yankees faced him three times in the world series. They beat him twice, but he pitched, he pitched fairly well in both of those games. They didn't like. Yeah. They didn't like. Trounce him, or right? They, they did. They did enough to beat him, basically. That's why I said they got the better of him. I, I think I was just leaving it at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Darth Pat. Who is your pick this week? Well, Greg Maddox is a very good pick. I mean, uh, like Joe, like Theo said, I, I think since he's retired, we've almost underrated Maddox because he wasn't like the great strikeout pitcher. While he did get a fair share of strikeouts, you know, just kind of an interesting thought. He was a like ground ball pitcher. Yeah, exactly. He, you know, he was a guy who basically beat you with finesse. Yeah, but um, my guy is a guy who, for the entirety, I want to say, of his career, I absolutely, completely, one thousand percent hated. <laughs> what? Hated, 
hated, hated. I'm confused. The I hater is picking a player. I can't really say that he, hates. That he wasn't like the greatest player that I arguably the greatest player I ever saw. He's picking <laughs> fat sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy is Mr. Yankee killer himself. Ken Griffey Jr. That is Griffey a really good player. It's a good pick. In his career, Griffey hit 311, 392, 595 with 36 home runs in 133 games just against the Yankees. And that doesn't account for the postseason where he killed the Yankees. But just <laughs> Griffey came on, you know, again, he came on like a house of fire. He came up as a teenager and he was like a great player from like basically from day one. And he was an attention getter from day one. I mean, the first highlight I think everybody shows of Griffey was in the old Yankee Stadium where he robbed Jesse Barfield of a home run to straightaway center field because it was his reaction. He went up, he jumped, he made the catch, he made the catch, and then he's running away from center field with the ball in his glove. He's holding it aloft, and he's got the huge smile on his face. Basically, if you're anybody but a Yankee fan, you're going to love and appreciate that moment because his enthusiasm for the game was infectious. Mm -hmm. He had probably one of the prettiest swings I've ever seen in my lifetime. I think it was the prettiest swing I've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would, I would go with that. I would agree with you on that. To me, I think he had the greatest home run swing. The way that he had that great left-handed uppercut, and the way that when he knew he connected, the way he just followed through and just like dropped the bat. He did that little admiration for like a step or two, and then ran. Drove you nuts when you said home runs against you, but when you you know when you're watching it from afar, you know again <laughs> you're, you're you're just going, God damn man. Um, you know, he was so many times an all-star. He won just the one MVP, but he was, you know, he was a great hitter. He was a great fielder. I mean, he, I think, was the first guy that I ever really heard the term five-tool player attached to in a significant, meaningful way. So, I mean, I could be wrong mm -hmm. on that. I feel like he was the first guy I really heard that term ascribed to in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, again, like I said, he killed the Yankees. He broke my heart in 1995 with the way that he pretty much single-handedly you know, the Mariners to beat the Yankees in that series. Uh, when he got traded to Cincinnati following the 99 season, I'm pretty sure I rejoiced because I'm like, he's gone. He's not with Seattle. He's, he's in the National League. I'll never have to see him except one interleague series every two years. Um, the funny, the, the, the ironic thing, I guess you could say, I mean, he finished with 630 career home runs, which I think is now like fifth or sixth all time. I've lost track of exactly. But he missed so many games when he got to the Reds, like he started getting injured. Like I think the second season he was with Cincinnati, mm -hmm. it's kind of a, what if in a way, in terms of how many home runs could he have hit? Could he have broken Aaron's record first? You know? Yeah. Uh, there's a possibility. He, he finished ahead against bonds. I mean, he definitely would have gotten to 700 at the very least. And he probably would have passed Babe Ruth too. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those just like what ifs. And of course I remember, um, I remember like when Topps did like this series of cards in 1995 where they 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 like assumed the ending of the uh, the 1994 season. I think they said that Griffey would have hit 62 that year. So it's like because he had hit 40 home runs already uh, when they stopped the season in '94. So again, could he have broken Maris's record first? A lot of what ifs for him. And then the but, fact that then the thing is like he was just such a great player anyway. Wasn't so, Matt wasn't Matt Williams ahead of Griffey that year at that he, point? He was. Matt yeah. Williams, he could hit 43. I yeah, because I remember Matt Williams. I thought he, because he could have broken it that year, too. 
Yeah, but uh, for whatever reason, I mean, again, I don't know how Tops came up with that. I just remember seeing the. Uh, no, like a, I liked the Matt Williams. I liked Matt Williams too. That's why I know. So. Yeah. yeah so I mean, again, Griffey just there's there, you really can't say anything bad about his game other than well, all of a sudden when he hit age 31, he got injury prone. But he had that. He had that million dollar smile like Magic Johnson. So yeah. he, he he had that million dollar smile. He was he was so marketable because he was a second generation player. Um, and again, like he said, because he made the game fun. I mean, I never really liked him wearing his hat backwards when he was hitting home run derbies. But that was cool. Uh, yeah, he, he, he made the game fun. <laughs> oh, I, I remember the home run derby uh, in Baltimore. Um, uh, I think they said he was the first guy to actually hit that warehouse out on Utah Street. Uh, so, again, just just so much about his game was fun to watch. As yeah. long as he, as long as you weren't watching him murder your team, which I watched just <laughs> for about ten good years. Um, so, I mean, look at the other aspect of Griffey too. He was very marketable, like you said. Like he's one of a handful of MLB players that actually had their own shoe line like mm-hmm. legitimate shoe line like the griffey juniors like Jeter i owned, had. I owned like, a pair of griffey's shoes yeah yeah i mean i as as did i i mean bill you know, jackson had his little line of sneakers as well but he plays a dual sport yeah yeah the video game stuff i mean the only other like if you think baseball as far as like their own shoe line it's griffey and then jeter when he went to jordan brand um, yeah. I'm like, other than those two guys, really, who had their own sneaker line, like true Nobody. sneaker line? It was just those two guys. Yeah, because I don't think you really necessarily think of sneakers and baseball, you know, but yeah. Uh, you know, so it just, like, just goes to show how, what, he, what he was like, yeah. Yeah, it's a type right. of marketing they were able to do with him. Excellent. So we got Greg Maddox and Ken Griffey Jr. AJ, who is your pick? I can only guess based on the jersey <laughs> you've been wearing today. Um, Willie Mays? No. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, clearly going with Marvin Bernard. <laughs> that's that's good, Pat. Bernard um, was just a teammate of the guy I know he's picking. It's funny because like like Griffey was almost like Griffey would have been my second choice because Griffey was almost the opposite of everything that Barry Bonds was. He was marketable. He wasn't a douchebag. Like he was all he was like the opposite version. He was what I wanted Barry Bonds to be <laughs> as a person. <laughs> so unfortunately, Bonds was a dick, but and he did steroids. I'm not going to sit here and try to wax poetic. I know he did it. It doesn't change the fact that he's the best baseball player I've seen. He's actually the first person I ever heard called a five tool player. I heard about him before Griffey. So, but Bonds, unfortunately, tar- you know, he tarnished his legacy. That's what he did. But he won seven MVPs and he won eight gold gloves. He just didn't win. He didn't win when it mattered. Like they, they choked his one chance to get a ring. They choked. So oh, wasn't it against the Angels? That yeah, the Angels it was, when right? you're up, when you're up five nothing in the clinching game, you think you're in the eighth inning, you think it's over. So they were up five nothing in the eighth inning and they lost that game. So like by but baseball's a harder sport to win. It's not you can't be Jordan in basketball and you're you're the best player. It's easier to win, I think, in, in basketball than it is in baseball. So you gotta have pitching, you can't just have so but 
Bonds was the most feared hitter I've ever seen. People are legitimately afraid of that guy. Like Tony Gwynn was the best hitter. Bonds was the most feared home run hitter we've ever seen. Like he got intentionally walked so many times. It was ridiculous. Like he led the, he led baseball 12 seasons in walks. <laughs> so that's just insane. Wasn't he the only guy in baseball history to be intentionally walked with, with the bases loaded? Mid? Because and then the other team still won the game because all they give it gave up was one run then and, and it was the fear of him hitting a grand slam. So yeah. um I thought it was really cool when they played the Yankees the one year. Mariano struck him out in one game and then he hit a home run off Mariano in another game. So I thought that that was cool that I got to see my favorite players essentially. Like in that situation, like for for the whole 2000s, I wanted the Yankees and the Giants to play in the World Series. It never happened, but every year I was hoping, hoping, hoping it would happen, and it, and it never did. So, I, I I still think that the Yankees made a mistake when they signed Giambi. I wish they would have signed Bonds because I think they would have won a World Series if they had signed Bonds. Maybe won somewhere in there. So, but he was like I said. I I know he did steroids. I'm not. He still was the best player I've seen. And and my all-time favorite baseball moment is when Bonds broke the record. I was I probably cried when that happened. I was watching that game. They broke into whatever I watched. I was watching. I was watching that whole season. So he tore up baseball that year. I know he was roiding at that point, but he, he still tore up baseball that year. <laughs> so well, he, I mean, he, go, ahead. go ahead, Pat. I was going to say the Yankees weren't going to sign Bonds after 01 when he was heading into his 37 year old season. They didn't know he was going to put three right. more MVPs right. up. You know, <laughs> I know. I it's I just mean, wish. Bonds was supposed to sign with the Yankees when he signed with the Giants the first time in '93. It was a wish. I, I one can only wish. I got a lot of times where guys I like went to teams I liked. That was one of those situations where I wished. I wished <laughs> I'm allowed to wish. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. Cause it's like, you know, you said, you said bonds, Theo said Maddox, you know, that was supposed to be the great Yankee off season of 1992 into 1993. The Yankees were supposed to sign bonds and Maddox and Doug Drabeck and instantly be the best team in baseball. Again, none of those guys signed with the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> so your official pick is Barry bonds. Yeah. All right. So it's down to me. I am the last person to go. And I've, I've kind of got an odd player uh, just because I remember watching him when I was young. Because you're a homer. Uh, yes, I am a homer. I am picking a homer player. <laughs> Shut up. There's nothing wrong with a homer. Be quiet. <laughs> He's not a ball. I, I didn't I, really – wasn't making fun of him necessarily. I just am not a homer. So, But I – enjoyed watching this particular player play when I was a kid and was into baseball, playing baseball in Little League, um, which is unfortunately, Little League is not what it used to be anymore, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I think it's a great thing for kids to get into, if, you know, another sport. But uh, anyways, and that is the great Philly, Mike Schmidt. Um, I think he's a very underrated player. Uh, as far as a baseball player goes, just because, you know, he wasn't flashy. He wasn't a flashy player by any means that I can remember. Um, he did his job. He went out, fielded well, hit well. Um, and that was really it. You know, back in back in the day when he played, there was there was the media, but it wasn't like it is now. You know, it was like they kind of talked to the players and boom, they were gone. You know, that's the, all it was. Um, but just to give you some stats... And this might 
you know, persuade some other people to rethink about how great Mike Schmidt actually was. His batting average, career batting average was 267. That's actually pretty darn good uh, overall as far as a career. You know, that's... Uh, Especially in and, that time. Yeah. And then career home runs was 548 home runs. Um, 500 home runs isn't a big deal now. A lot of guys hit 500 home runs in their career. But back when Mike Schmidt was playing... That was a big deal, especially from the position that he played. He played third base. You did not hear of a lot of third basemen cranking out 500 home runs. And I can still remember when he hit his fifth home, 500 home run. It, it was awesome. Like, for him to hit that 500 home run, that was pretty pretty special. Um, he, he's a time leader of home runs for third baseman, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Yeah, and see, that just, still is, yeah. that just goes to show that that is not normally a power-hitting position. You know, usually, like, first base maybe an outfielder, you know, those are normally like your big power hitters because you don't have to be, you're, you know, you can be a little less mobile, so to say third base, you have to be able to move your ass. Like, so you're usually a little bit leaner guy and things like that. You know, I mean, you look at the big hurt, Frank Thomas, he played first base, not exactly the skinniest, you know, most he's not going to be <laughs> making a dash for second base, you know, to get, get in the middle of the, you know, get that baseball in the middle of the field, you know, uh, John Cruck. John Cruck was a first baseman too. He ain't moving that fast either. I mean, a lot of <laughs> a lot of chubby guys play first base. So I mean, that's that's generally well, that that's a stereotype, but it kind of is true. So yeah. Steve so, Balboni. What so, that? That's Steve Balboni. <laughs> so you know, for Mike Schmidt, like I said, to be a pretty dominant power hitter out of the third off a of third base is pretty impressive. I mean. 2,234 hits in his lifetime career. That's pretty darn good. So yeah, I, I was, believe Mike Schmidt belongs on Mount Rushmore today. He was very, he was very, he was very workmanlike. That's what I would say about him. He was very like, like you said, he did, he did, he wasn't flashy. He was just very workmanlike. So which he came in and the, did his job. Yeah, which fits Philadelphia even to this day to a T. Like it's a working class city. Like, and he was the working class player joe you know. do we have a comment there because i <laughs> i see you snickering <laughs> i know i know oh philly the working class we we, we could get into some stories about some games <laughs> i've gone down to philly you know um, i was waiting is that i've uh, ran into with certain philly fans even though the teams i like are not in the same motherfucking division um <laughs> Yeah, you don't need to throw slushies it's, at people's heads and, um, you know, things of that nature. As soon as Jeremy said that, like I was – as soon as Jeremy said that, I was watching Joe because I knew he was going to yeah. snicker. So, because if somebody yes. said that about Cleveland, I would have been snickering too. So, they food Santa Claus. Well, that's a pretty good Mount Rushmore, though. I'd say that's a pretty good Mount Rushmore. So Yes, I would yeah. definitely agree. So our Mount Rushmore for this week with baseball, greatest players we've ever seen uh, play the game. And we could probably throw a bunch of players on Mount Rushmore, just like we did with basketball. Of course. But we got Greg Maddox, Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds, and Mike Schmidt. Once again, that is a pretty darn good uh, Mount Rushmore. And that brings us to a, to the end of our show. And we want to thank everybody for watching, listening in. We really appreciate it. We hope you were entertained. We hope you found some of this information enlightening as I did, uh, as well as entertaining as I did. I always find our shows very entertaining myself. You'll always hear me giggle a lot. Um, so once again, just make sure 
that you're tuning in every week. We come to you every Monday at some point in time. Depends on how how long it takes these episodes to load up on the YouTube. Um, that's the longest load. Um, I tell these guys every week how long it takes me to load those up. Maybe Wait, nobody really wants to know about loads, Jeremy. But <laughs> you're saying the word this, load way too much. This is this is about the J juice, all right? This is that episode about the J juice. Got a lot of loads going on here, but um, we do appreciate you guys uh, <laughs> tuning in. And I'm losing my composure now with all the loads. Um, but yeah, we really do appreciate you guys look, tuning in, staying tuned to the very end so you guys can catch the Mount Rushmore. Uh, and with that, we sign off and we say goodnight and tune in next week as we talk about tag team wrestling and what it was and what it is and where it shall be hopefully in the future it'll be an interesting topic so stay tuned we'll talk wrestling talking tag team wrestling peace everybody and have a good night